0: But so I feel like we need to give a little bit of preface as to why we're doing this. Um, Yeah. So this started out as originally. So uh, one of our patrons, Micah, and I I think this is before he was a patron. It's uh, before we had a Patreon. said like, Hey, he, he shot me a message or we were on Facebook or something. I don't know. Maybe texting for all I know. Um, but he was like, I think you really ought to do a bite size on Calvin and Hobbes. And I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. And the more I thought about it, I was like, no, that I need I'm gonna need w- way more than a half hour to talk about my love for beca- my love for this. Because the thing is, mm-hmm. this Calvin and Hobbes is one of my favorite things. Like mm if My house was burning down, and my animals were safe, and my wife was safe, and you know, like all the things that really matter were safe. Mm-hmm. And it was like I could grab three things it would probably be uh, my ESV, um, leather bound volume, nice. my Calvin and Hobbes co- complete collection, and my switch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, just yeah, uh, but. Those would probably be like the three th- like stuff things, yeah. you know, or it, like the Switch or the PS4, depending on, you know, I, I say the Switch because it's self-contained. Don't judge me, people. Right. Anyways. <laughs> um, I know, I wasn't judging.
1: I mean, um, Calvin and Hobbes is right up there with the Bible. Okay, that's fine. I'm not judging. Uh, n- not like that <laughs> at all.
0: But that would be like the, the three things that like, these are the, like... I don't know. It's it's hard to explain it. Other than I started reading these as a very young man, young boy, uh, mm-hmm. probably Calvin and Hobbes. I think started with the first strip dropped in 1985, and you know, just brief overview. I think if I remember all the details right, it ran for about ten years, um, 1985 to 1995. Um, and my times might be a little off. So if I'm wrong, I don't care. Um, but no, it might've even, I think it started in 1983. Anyways, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, thing is it ran in the eighties, started Mm -hmm. in the eighties, ended in the nineties. And I was exposed to this as a fairly young age. I would probably, I don't know exactly where. I started, like, who, like, initially exposed me to this. Um, I have a, a strong feeling that it was probably my Uncle Barry probably turned me on to this. Um, okay. Because he was also the same one who turned me on to comic books in general. Ah. Um, but it – be Bill Watterson's work quickly became sort of obsessive for me. Um I had already liked to draw prior to that, but Bill Watterson's stuff really like the reason I went to art school was in part due to and went went to and then dropped out of art school was in part due to Bill Watterson's work. Okay. I wanted wow. I wanted to do something like that. I wanted to do something that had that sort of impact and resonance. Um I wanted to to um but uh yeah it's 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 just one of those things that on a foundation like on it it is something that has in in many ways shaped me on a fundamental level uh his work um and and not and 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 i'm not alone because well we we listened to that book uh the name of that book is, and I'm probably after listening to it, I'm probably actually going to buy a physical copy. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Looking for Calvin and Hobbes. It's by uh, Nevin Martell. Um, and uh, that's, and so that's the book. But there was also a documentary that was released a few years ago. Um, and I'm pulling up the info on that real quick. Super good radio. I know you're, <laughs> um, but it's called Dear Mr. Watterson, and it came out in 2013. And uh, it's, uh, for anybody who's interested in watching that, it's actually available on Amazon Prime
1: for yeah. free.
0: Well, like if you have a Prime account. Right. Anyways, so I was going to, I actually started to watch the documentary and uh, sort of ran out of time, but I did listen to the book, and I have been reading, and it listening to that book sort of brought up all the warm fuzzies and got me thinking about like I like I I know I can be like a pretty jaded cynical tool um, but uh, like reading through some of this stuff has sort of like I feel like in a way um, has sort of softened me and sort of reminded me that it's okay to smile Like and not just be a grump, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, you know. We've we've talked about like this. Like I'm trying to not be such a grump. Like, and I feel like you know, with like in addition to this time in the word, like you know, I really love these books. Um, and I really love the strip. And there's so many. Like it's 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 sort of in so many ways. Like Calvin and Hobbes is very unquantifiable for me. Like I can like explain it to people. But it's like, there's just like, you know, in some ways, like too, like, you know, even sort of watching the little bit of that documentary that I did, like, I heard these people talking about how like they sort of identified with this kid. And in many ways, like Calvin's like, sort of like, there was a part in the book where the guy says like, there's like a melancholy note to this because in a lot of ways, Calvin doesn't have any friends. Like, it's just like, he sort of lives in this reality with his, with his tiger Hobbs and he's, he's like very isolated and, and, and maybe younger Nate recognized that. I don't know. But like, I wasn't like, it's not like I didn't have any friends, but you know, I was very lonely at times. I was very nerdy. I lived like, you know, the part of Pennsylvania that we lived in for a while, it was sort of very like, you know, sports driven and very like, you know, it was like, it was like one of those towns where it was like, you know, mm-hmm. their football team sucked, but it was like, you know, it was like rah, rah football. And it's like, yeah, you know, and I just was never that kid. Like I was in the band. I liked drawing. I liked reading, you know, mm-hmm. I was a creative and, or I had like creative events. And so it was just like, I was always on the fringes. And, and then, mm-hmm. so like, Th- this sort of like spoke to me and resonated with me. And it was like a kid who sort of lived in his own head, probably entirely too much. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, you know, there was sort of like magic and wonder there and imagination. And um, there was just like, I, I don't know. Like there's a lot of stuff that we, I think like coming back to it as an adult and as a Christian, it's like, are there like worldview elements there that we probably should be aware of and careful of and like guard ourselves? Absolutely. Um, but I think overall Calvin and Hobbes has a pretty positive message message for people in the mm-hmm. sense that like, I think like Watterson's emphasis time and time again is like, life is beautiful. Life is a good thing. Like we need to be more intentional, more careful, like just more appreciative. Like, I think in a lot of ways he's trying to cu- cultivate maybe, I don't know where he stands as far as like his belief, his philosophy. I mean, cuz he's he's just been like i mean the man is notoriously private you know yeah. like and so but even in like like it's it's very like in his way i think he's trying to encourage people like you know when i read these stories it's like it's kindness goodness hopefulness like thankfulness like he's he's looking at people and saying like these are these are better things to look at and it was like man like just see and sort of even listening to that book i was like like there were so many so many things where the guy was talking i was like no that's it that's it that's exactly how i feel about this Ah, like thank you for finding those words for me because it's like that was what this strip does like you know in rereading it i'm like no i like i'm seeing like Like and I've 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 read all this stuff like like I said dozens of times like I owned all the paperbacks at one point in time with the exception of one that I mentioned to you earlier. There's a a collection and it's uh I think it's in my Amazon shopping basket. I know you guys are super like amazed by like how prepared I am for this um, and what good radio this is as I dig around with on stuff. It's called Calvin and Hobbes sunday pages nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety five so it's it's a ten year run, and a lot of it shows like a lot of like his roughs and his notes and commentary on different stuff and so it's like it's a very like behind the scenes peek at stuff, and so I want that one um, that is i don't have it um but uh anyways like i I owned all the paperbacks, and then i you know when I got the complete collection years ago, I think I sort of gave them away to people where as I wish I would have kept them (laughs) and so that like, I would have stuff to borrow, like let people borrow. Um, But uh, I mean, even when, you know, just to sort of like put like when the boys, when we had the boys with us, but the oldest one, when he came to live with us, um, one of the first things I did was I showed him Calvin and Hobbes and he, would it was like one of the the things that like he would come down here and read these books for hours wow and i was like i was like you know and, and like for me that i was like in hindsight i just that's something that's sort of like there's a little bit of melancholy attached to that for sure but it's like yeah like man that like speaks to like the beauty of what watterson did and there, there's so yeah. much in there too like his pursuit like his dedication to excellence which I think might've been a little too far. Uh (laughs) Like, Uh so now that I've sort of like tried to like, (laughs) like I'm like, you guys can't see it, but I'm talking with my hands and I'm like Uh making weird clenchings and Josh has the benefit (laughs) of watching my hand talking. But now that I've sort of like said, like, this is like super important to me, Josh, um, what, what do you think? Like, so what's your background baggage or do you even have any?
1: Yeah, so so here's my background. It is almost the exact opposite of yours. Um so Calvin and Hobbes was never a thing for me growing up. Uh the the bit of like my parents didn't read the newspaper, but I on Sundays somehow we'd get it. Maybe we just got the Sunday paper. Um or or maybe that was the one with all the I don't I don't remember. It, regardless, um I don't recall Calvin and Hobbes ever no, cuz I'm too old. Um, or excuse me, I'm too young. Uh, I don't recall ever being in the the funny pages because obviously, like that's what I would look for in the newspaper, and it it was never there. So I I have no attachment to Calvin and Hobbes from when I'm younger, honestly. Um, and this actually kind of goes along with um, Watterson's whole thing with wanting to be able to uh make sure that anything that has Calvin and Hobbes on it, like that he okay's it for artistic reasons. Um mm-hmm. the first time I had seen Calvin was on those stupid bumper stickers where he's peeing on things. And, and so he
0: He probably hates those.
1: Oh, I hate them. So I, yeah I, I mean I, I, I can only them. imagine. Yeah. Uh right, because I was I was amazed to find out when I first started looking into Calvin and Hobbes that he never peed on anything in any of the the comic strip like mm. that is not a thing there's no reason for it to be that because like in that little picture of him he is so um he just looks evil
0: he looks I mean malicious
1: yes oh that is that is that is the word right there malicious like there is a sense in which in the actual cartoons Calvin as a character he is very um uh, he is a he's a young boy, and as a male, um, I can relate to having the the urge to want to destroy things, you know, mess mm. things up, to throw stuff at people, um, especially Susie Durkins. Yeah, right. Um, but it it is not in a malicious way that Calvin goes about it. Like, yes, you understand that he can be a pain to the people around him, but he himself is not looking to make anyone's day worse. He yeah. is just being a boy. Um whereas those pictures where he's peeing on stuff, like he just looks like he's out to like a big F you to the world kind of a thing. And I've seen, you know, at least from what I recall, you know, where he's given the finger or something like that. And it's just like th- So, that said, that that those pictures were my first run-ins with Calvin from Calvin mm-hmm. and Hobbes, and so it, it was never a thing where I I even cared. I'm just like, why would anyone want to read that? Like, so what? You know, like like he he looks like a little turd. Um, I'll sanitize the language here.
0: <laughs> no, but he I mean, like and a- that's that's a really interesting take because, like, I think in some ways, you know, so we we you sort of brought it up, but Bill Watterson was very anti um what's the word he would not allow the the property to be basically commoditized right and, or commodified but i don't know words words are hard people like <laughs> there you go logan there's one for you buddy um but like he he basically merchandised i think it said like he allowed two calendars and that he he illustrated himself
1: yeah like they weren't
0: even I like had redoes, one of those right? i wow. had one of those as a young nice. child I think I ended up throwing it away because I'm an idiot. N- um, un- no, they're disposable. They're calendars. Like
1: you, that's stop. what you do. If I want to berate <laughs> myself,
0: I'm allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it was like you know, I you know, I was obsessed, and I think one year I got one for Christmas. So yeah, uh, that's cool. But yeah, it's it's like one of those things where he was just like very fickle. Like I mean. <clears throat> even as a fan like and in hindsight like i'm glad to a certain extent that he did what he did but i like kind of wish like man if you had allowed like maybe like some night like oh and there was the the t-shirt that was a print like uh promotional for the, the one display at, yeah for the museum um so there was that but like i just wish like there had been like i think one of my favorite illustrations. And I think it was actually one of the ones he did for the complete collection. But it's where Hobbs and Calvin—it's just a white, white background, and they're just making faces. And it's just the two of them making a dumb face together. It's like I would love to have that on a really like classy shirt, like a nice like print of that. But I have, I have two, and they're not—they're not unlicensed in the sense that they're unlicensed in the sense that. They sort of use likenesses, but I have a Han and and Chewie shirt, which is basically a stylized, it's Han Solo and Chewbacca drawn Mm. sort of in that style of Calvin and Hobbes riding on a uh, Millennium Falcon. (laughs) And uh, I have that. And then I have a Street Fighter t-shirt where Calvin is Ken and Hobbes is Sagat. And Hobbes is getting ready to pounce on a clueless uh, Ken <laughs> slash Calvin. Nice. So they fall within more of like the parody sort of like. Right. But yeah, it's like, you know, and, and sort of like, so the thing is like, that's taking two things that I like and it's like, we're going to mm. smash these together. And I'm like. Right. Yeah. Yes. I will
1: take 10. Uh, uh, but. Yes. Uh, totally and and i get it from like from the artistic point of view because yes i agree with you if there's something that i really enjoyed as a kid like yeah give me all the things like like mm-hmm. i want the and maybe part of it's because of my upbringing like five kids homeschooled we never really had a, a lot of money <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that's that's kind of an understatement um so like that would just be really cool to have a thing that acknowledged the things that I enjoyed if that makes sense and and put yeah. it in kind of a tangible form um so so like maybe th- these things were more con- i mean like now that I'm older it seems like people talk about retro nostalgia and like oh yeah all these mario brothers you know lunch boxes and stuff like that and i'm just like i never saw any mario brothers merchandise when i was younger like Mm -hmm. that wasn't i mean i remember merchandise for the movie when it came out but not like original mario so maybe i'm just naive that totally could be it um but it wasn't as prevalent as it is nowadays where like GameStop is half just like video game merchandise and nerd memorabilia is well, is just
0: huge. There was like a glut, though, dude. Like, okay. I mean, like, okay. just as sort of like, like I remember like the Garfield plushies and stuff. Like, and yeah, it's like you know, it's true. You, like so, and a lot of his position was sort of a pushback against that. Like right. he sort of very publicly railed on that stuff for a while, and yeah. you know, he probably had some unpleasant terms for. <laughs> Yeah. You know, what what those people were doing. And Mm -hmm. I think like in a sense where, whereas he did not want Calvin and Hobbes to become just sort of a cash machine. Like I think in a lot of ways too, he did a bit of a disservice because I mean, I I was even thinking about this and I was probably by the time I was really into these books, a plush tiger would, I would have been too old for a stuffed tiger. And I know, and even his like whole like, well, like the sort of like the 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 trick of the the strip is like we don't know if Hobbs is real or not, and it's sort of like, well, does that matter? Like, does that like yeah. is it really like that's like I know that to him it's like if I, well if I do the stuffed tiger and it looks like Hobbs as the doll, I'm like and, hmm. like you know the the point of the strip is so much bigger than like oh is Hobbs real or isn't he the point is yeah. like. It's, it's about like, you know, who's who's to say that you don't give that stuffed tiger doll to some kid and he goes on and has adventures like Calvin with that stuffed right. tiger doll? Like, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been such a a, a, a deeper conduit or whatever. But it, it was just like, yeah. it's one of those things like where at the end of the day, this is sort of, this is very much ephemera even, even yeah. though in many ways I do think it is like, I think his strip is kind of timeless. I, mm-hmm. it is, it's also in a lot of ways, not anyways, but so, yeah, yeah. I just think, I think he did himself a little bit of a disservice because then it's like, you're saying like, I, the only thing that you knew was the, the Calvin Peen on things. Yeah. And it's like, and that's not, an accurate—that's not even an accurate representation of what Calvin Hobbes was about.
1: <laughs> yeah, not not at all. Um, and I I one hundred percent agree with you. I think there's definitely ways in which this it, 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 he could have allowed some merchandising. I get um, the artistic vision that he had because one of the things that the book brings out, um, and I thought was, yeah, I, I guess just now that I'm I'm thinking about it. The writer was really, Nevin was able to capture just some of these ideas in a way that that really kind of um, was very, it hit the nail on the head sometimes. And he said something to the effect of once you start merchandising, for lack of a better term, um, your like your artwork will then, uh, it, it's kind of a slippery slope because then like, what about are are you going to start drawing your characters in ways that are more sanitized, in ways that? Um, so you you mentioned you would like to have a shirt with Calvin, ma- Calvin and Hobbes just making faces. Um, then is he going to have them be more expressive and over the top in his strips, so that you know one of those could be on a shirt? You know, there's there's just yeah. this creeping sense of like. Once you start down that path, then that filter gets put on top of everything you do. And it's no longer just about making a strip or in his case, he really considered what he did art. Um, I, it's I no think, longer I think just the argument, about
0: the art. I think the argument is like, dude, like when you look at, when you look at, and again, like, because I'm a little older, but when you look at the mm-hmm. impact, like pre Calvin and Hobbes versus post Calvin and Hobbes in, in the newspaper, like, the funnies like they like he mm-hmm. that was a sizable dent and like dude he he really did change the the format like he challenged the format yep. and in ways that like so i think like i think like it's you can very easily make the argument that what he did was art um n- yeah. and not just in like like i i think he took the medium and he elevated it and yes And that's, that's all there is to it. And, and because of that, we have, we, you know, we have access to better things now today because he said, this can be more. I'm not saying that they, they, you know, obviously we haven't learned all, they didn't learn all the lessons. The syndicates didn't learn all the lessons they needed to from him. But I think Uh like there, there has been some stuff that has, yeah.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And, I, and honestly, like, not to shoehorn this in there, um, but because, like, one of the things that I thought about as, you know, kind of thinking through um, just this whole Calvin and Hobbes thing, I think kind of as it relates to video games is, um, I think there's there's a certain kind of, like, cultural idea of, like, oh, yeah, something like the funny pages, or you know, a four-panel, Excuse me. A four panel strip of of comics. Um it, it, how do I put this? It seem it can seem to some to be juvenile. Mm-hmm. You know, like or like you said, ephemeral. Or, you know, not really worth a lot, not worth much. Like it's worth a laugh, it's worth a a nice little thirty seconds of someone's time. Um but it's very fleeting. Uh, And I think there's kind of the same idea with video games. They can seem juvenile and some of them are like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure a a good majority of them are. I'll I'll even create you that. And
0: the the funny pages parallels that. There's a lot of comic strips out there. They're just, they're like a one run gag and that's it. Yes, right, exactly. And it talks
1: about too in the book about how like, a lot of the artwork is reused and uh, you know, they're just kind of talking heads. Like, like there is a certain, the bar can be set very low in both of these different mediums. Um, But I think when something kind of peaks above that, like Calvin and Hobbes or like certain video games that tell really good stories, you know, you, you guys mentioned uh, uh, shadow of the Colossus again on the last episode Mm. and just some of the great things that that game does for so the medium good, in general, um, and shows you that there can be more in in a, in a world of of I love Mario Brothers. I'm not saying anything bad about it. Well, I, I think even Mario Brothers is the progenitor of like you know the one screen Atari games. Mario Brothers comes along and creates this entire world. Okay, and then you're standing on the shoulders of Mario Brothers. And, well, all your worlds have been, you know, run to the right and jump, man. And then something comes along, uh, you know, like Zelda. And, there, and there's this whole world in this mm-hmm. story and this adventure that's embedded in that. You know, like, there are certain things that can break this this idea. And something like the funny pages seems so constricting. I mean, it is inherently. If you only have four panels... There's only so much you can do, but to really focus on those four panels and make them and, and elevate it, really create something that speaks beyond those four panels, beyond the 10 seconds, the five seconds it takes your eyes to kind of scan over the page to really appreciate both the, the technical artistry that goes into creating it. Um, Cause Watterson is a fantastic uh, artist Mm-hmm. just in terms of like his look is so good and that's that, that was something that i kind of recognized after kind of looking at a lot of his different work is like man his characters are so expressive it's ridiculous and uh and and his use of color when when there's color is what well, i mean it yeah he's he's fantastic um so like just the way that he was able to take the medium and to use it in such a way that goes beyond something like the funny pages, I think is something that video games can do as well because they're both mediums that seem very limited and constricting and seem like they are ephemeral and fleeting and a form of escapism when really you can say something in both of these. And when you do, um, people sit up and take notice, you know, you can you can actually do something, and I think um, kind of rolling along with that. One of the things that I I really appreciate now that I have read um, more Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, I wouldn't even say a decent amount because he wrote so. I mean, there's what like over three thousand different. Yeah, little strips it's like that thirty he did. <laughs> three thousand three hundred and sixty something. There you go. I mean, I probably have not even read a quarter of of what he's written, um, but I think. There is, like, what Watterson kind of touches on in Calvin and Hobbes. Um, he he's very he, he's varied, really. There are only a handful of characters, but it can it kind of runs the gamut between. Yes, he can have just a, a one gag kind of strip if he wants. It, he, he can it can be centered around a visual gag, but then you have these these comics where cal both calvin and hobbes are talking about like philosophical issues in a way that's condensed enough that th- like he does this thing where like calvin goes on you know for a panel or two and he sounds like shakespeare and then he brings it down to earth in such a way that like a six-year-old boy is trying to apply this philosophical concept like that is crazy that not only he has the understanding of these concepts, like Watterson himself, not necessarily Calvin, yeah. um, can can take a concept like that and then actually apply it in a way that feels real. Because Calvin, you know, another fantastic thing about the strip is that the, the characters really have strong personalities and uh, they feel like humans, mm-hmm. which is very difficult to do. Um, one of the things that amazes me too is even his parents in the way that they're exasperated with him. Mm. Um, it's really interesting to me because Watterson, I don't believe had kids, right? He he, when he, was- he
0: adopted, he, he adopted one. He adopted the, in the book, he, he mentions it briefly. Okay. He adopted a, a little girl when he was in his forties. He and his wife adopted a little girl, Violet. So that's after
1: he was drawing that's the strip. That,
0: but that's, he, was done, he, he was already done with the strip.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. early on in the strip, you see Calvin's parents and what they have to go through to kind of like, you know, even just corralling him and his imagination. So like, that's, that's amazing to me that he could put such uh, great portrayals of like parenting, even though he himself, Watterson, was not a parent at the time um
0: just something sort of like an interesting sort of thought that i had so it's like it's you know after you've been reading the strips for a while his mom and dad really mm -hmm. don't have names it's mom and dad like it's sort of like generic mom and dad but like in a lot of ways though too it's like they're, they're very defined characters but like i think like in a lot of ways like one of the things that's sort of magical about Calvin and Hobbes, and I, I don't think this is, like, anything, like, I, I think it's just, it's something that dawned on me, or that, as we were talking and sort of, but mm-hmm. we see them as mom and dad. And so we see mm-hmm. them through the same lens that Calvin does. Yeah. Like, Calvin doesn't know what his his mom and dad's first names are, so why should we? Like, yeah. You know, like, because that's, that's really what this strip is. This strip is sort of, it's a slice of life in the eyes of this six-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I think like the humanity of his characters is, is, is pretty, I I mean, I just like, like, even some of like the more antagonistic stuff, like, um, mm-hmm. I think about Rosalind, the babysitter. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. the swimming lessons that's always like I'm I'm I just reread those for the you know first time in a few years but like where she's already had like a few run-ins she's already watched Calvin a few times and mm-hmm. he comes in to get swimming lessons and he's like I'm not getting in the pool and she's like do you know what a rat tail is <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and I was like I was like oh is this is someone who gets this kid um mm-hmm. But like, and you know, it's like, but that's a, like a very human interaction, you know. Yeah. And it's like, even even there, like, like yes, because the, there's like the 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 temptation, I think, would be to like almost like over cartoon, like to make these things characters. But there's a level of nuance and sophistication with all of these characters, even the ones who are sort of in and out. You you know what I'm saying. Oh, totally, totally. And I think that
1: comes from also, again, from my limited experience with Calvin and Hobbes, is just how um, how different how Watterson says different things because because not every strip that he drew was a philosophical diatribe. You know, there were some that are more that are much more that have much more levity to them than Mm -hmm. others you know and I think honestly like that is part of the beauty of it and and, uh, I don't know I I have like high praise for for what I've experienced of Calvin and Hobbes but again if if someone's listening to this and they've never like sat down and read a lot of Calvin and Hobbes like you may be underwhelmed when you first go and take a look at it and that's okay I'm saying that's actually what makes Kind of the the better I think that's that's one of the the wonderful things about it is that um, not everything is is deep and philosophical. There are some that are just kind of like, this is a day in the life of a six-year old kid. you know like he was off daydreaming and look at the shenanigans he got into because he was daydreaming. Um, but you can also relate to, oh yeah, I know I, I know what it was like to be a kid and i totally get where he is right now and like and, and there's so many different kinds of perspectives you can you can um go with because like yeah that would be exhausting being his parents at the same time it's like i relate to him and i get why you know he was put in that certain situation um so yeah just the humanization of everything like you said nuance and sophistication of the uh, of the stories themselves even if they are kind of light and airy or if they do kind of make you sit back and go oh man uh that you know that that they're they are really trying to tackle something here um because there are some strips where uh like i almost got choked up reading some of them which mm-hmm. is weird because it's like it's a dang like four panel, you know, funny page. You wouldn't think that this would <laughs> The Baby Raccoon strips. Did you read those ones? I didn't. Okay. I I hadn't I hadn't gotten to those. The one in particular that hit me was one where where um Calvin was talking about uh like how to face death or something like that like we don't really know what's going to happen to us, and so we have to kind of just, you know, go with it. Mom says that death is a part of life, and then the last panel, he's like, he turns to Hobbs and he's like, "But don't you go leaving me?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh shoot!" It it like, it, it,
0: it kind of gets you right in the <laughs> chest, and you're like, you what? feel this little so, like twist, and you're like, Ugh.
1: "Yeah," because like he used the other panels kind of rationalizing, like, "Okay." Death is something that's going to happen. I get it. Like the the turn is moving from the head to the practical implications of what that actually means. And you know, it's like Waterson kind of wrestling with that in front of us through the lens of a six year old. You know? And like that's what hits so hard is like th- yeah, we have this this mental concept, and obviously, um, we as Christians, uh, like the scripture says, uh, we don't grieve like those who have no hope. So it's not that I don't know what's going to happen um, when I die or when someone who I'm close to, a loved one, dies. It's not that I'm, you know, that I have to find solace in not knowing. No, I, ha- I can have assurance. Um, but. Th- But again, the turn is the practical implications of that. I'm still going to grieve. That is still going to hurt when someone is ripped away from me by death. Um, And I think that's what that that comic was getting at, was just like, you can have these beliefs, but then experience is a different yet related animal. And so to be able to communicate something like that in a four-panel comic strip is pretty amazing
0: dude and it's just like i think too especially some like especially towards some the the later stuff that he does um it like some of his full color spreads are yeah just riveting um yeah in particular i'm thinking of the very last one um oh yeah it's incredible to me that this guy was able to do like this sort of like I don't know. Did you read the one about the, where it just the very first panel is the, the really, the, the really pretty line drawing of the bird. Yes. Yeah. That for me has just been like one of the most resonant panels of my life. Like, like I've just like the, those visuals always like, always stick in my head and then there's that just like the last panel is just calvin and Hobbes sitting under the tree just sort of looking off into the distance or whatever and it's mm-hmm. like like those two images and just sort of that trajectory like like man but at the same time this is a dude who drew a t-rex in an f-14 right like yeah and it worked and it was like Awesome and amazing, like you know, it's like the fact that like he can sort of like swing through the pendulum of human experience and sort of show like like d- d- like I think even though it's sort of wild and fantastic and sort of just like bizarre in so many ways, like he really like was able to sort of give you a slight like a really honest slice of life, mm-hmm. and it's just like and like the the fact that like his his even like the more melancholy stuff is like very sweet and sort of like, and jarring in the best sense where it sort of like shakes us up a little bit. And like, yeah, you know, like the, I mean the, the, like like I said that the one with a bird and it's a dead bird, like mm-hmm. just sort of like, and the, the, in in a way. Okay. And I, and I, I wanted to be very clear. I am not saying this is a living book. <laughs> this is not like mm-hmm. scripture. This is, these are not living words. But like, there's a depth here because like, I'll tell you what, when I saw that as a kid, that strip, I was like, oh, that's sad. And then it's sort of like, it sort of pumps the brakes and you're like, man, like it really is fragile. And then, you know, like, this is like, there's, there's like, man, it's like sort of like, it could all be snuffed out like that. But then Mm. it's like, I'll tell you what, I read that as a grown adult having recently come back from overseas from being in Iraq during, yeah. you know, well. during combat. And I'm like, man, like, I'm like, no, this, like, the, like at that point in time, there's like a different approach. I'm looking at as like, this, this is speaking truth louder than most people will ever know. Like, yeah, like the, the sort of the, and I'm like, and it's like, and it, that, the, so like, I'm saying like that panel, like there's just two different sort of like waypoints where I'm like, no, this is like, and and he's just able. I I don't know. He he was a it, like, I, I I don't. I think like honestly, like a, a lot of people want to sort of like. I don't think that he gets the credit due, but, and I don't want to sort of like overhype this or oversell, you know. But I think like mm-hmm. when we look at like okay, like one, his style is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. like yeah, it's his just like. If I, you know, it's like, I think the phrase I kept hearing is like, I want to be the next Bill Watterson. I I remember as a young art student, sort of that being like something that I probably said. And I was like, you you know, it's like, I've always wanted, like, I... I actually don't draw Calvin and Hobbes because I'm like, no, <laughs> it's, it's almost like sacrosanct. It's like, no, no, yeah. like we don't, yeah. we don't trouble those waters. Like, and yeah. there are things about his design and just his like, a, like his, that I've, I've definitely like stolen, you know, flat <laughs> out. I'm like, no, he does this really well. And, uh, I'm going to steal that philosophy. Like I'm going to co opt that yeah. and, and embrace it. Um, but like, I think some of it too, though, is just, um, so just even on an artistic level, just like as from the the aesthetic, but like the thing too is like, you know, so in addition to like he wrote everything, like he, this is just him. And so it's, it's his writing, it's his pacing, it's his plotting, it's everything. And I'm like, man, like we, I don't think we really like even listening to the book, like I want to be very careful and, but I like, in a way I'm like, dude, like this guy is one of the great masters. Like mm-hmm. this, this is like this man, I think in a lot of ways, you know, without, without getting into like weird territory is like, you know, and, and in some ways, and this is, and again, this is just my opinion, but in some ways I think like when we're talking about Bill Watterson, we need to be sort of like talking like he, he sort of belongs in the same categories, like with, with guys like Van Gogh, like maybe, Mm. maybe it's, it's not quite the same, but it's like, I think anybody who like, if you read, like really read these comics and you sort of like do a little digging around and like, dude, like the way that his stuff provokes, like, especially later on in the trajectory like this comic is like these are masterworks, and I don't want to be like, "Oh, I get it." I get that it's not fine art in in many many ways. I also think like it kind of is, and we need to be honest about that. Like, yes, because yeah. it's like, oh, well, it showed up on the Sunday funny pages, and what's your point? Like, <laughs> yeah, y- y- you
1: know, yeah, totally, and yeah, I think I think that's it. Um, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> it's not high art, but it is. And I think very similarly, um, that's how I feel about video games in general. Like, no, they're not high art, but sometimes they touch on things, you know, like even, even Silent Hill 2 that I didn't enjoy playing, I felt like it touched on some things, man, that hit harder all the harder because you were forced to interact with those certain things um so actually i would say for anyone listening right now if you haven't seen it just like pause if you're around a computer or pull out your phone or whatever uh just do a quick search for calvin and hobbs dead bird okay and you can pull it up really easily this panel and this is like a full like a half page panel. And um, just because you talked about this one specifically, and this one does something that, again, I feel like elevates the medium because, like you said, the very first panel is this very beautiful line drawing of a bird, okay? It is striking because of Watterson's style with the rest of Calvin and Hobbes in general. And he'll do this. This is just one instance of it. There's something that he is saying through the artwork by making this so different than the rest of it. He, he like, it forces your eyes to stop and really look at this bird. And the rest of the, the comic, it's a color comic. Um, the rest of it uh, is how they're talking about, like you said, the delicacy of the bird and its death and how they don't understand it and the turn here is where Calvin says that I suppose it'll all make sense when we grow up and then they sit down on a tree and look off in the distance um and it's like this moment of it captures this moment of uh like growing up <laughs> you know of getting older of experiencing the world and experiencing something that you don't understand um I think another thing about this panel in particular is it's very minimalistic. Yeah. Uh you look at it his use of color the only things in color are Calvin and Hobbes themselves. The the line drawing of the bird is black and white and it sticks out in this half page here. Um even at the end where they're sitting up against the um up against the tree and looking at the birds flying in the sky, the tree itself is very minimalistic. The grass is very minimalistic. It just gives you the sense because the background is not the point. The point is Calvin and Hobbes and what they're thinking and the birds that they're looking at and the fact that they are taking in uh, the concept of death at such a young age and this kind of growing up and this moment in his life of growing up. And that's what all this can do. It's It's a dang Sunday comic okay (laughs) like you said this is not high art but it is but there's something here that touches on human experience in a very deep way and something that again relating it back to video games i think some video games can do as well because the media the medium that watterson is using here is art is you know pencil drawings and he uses that very uh masterfully here to show like to get you to to force you to focus on this bird and then the conversation about this bird and the thought processes that the characters are having um the the medium of video games i think one of the the strong things about video games is their interactivity it forces you to have to do something um I don't want to give away... I mentioned when I played Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, there's something in that game at the very end of the game that it forces you to do, and the narrative is all the stronger because of it. Um, Again, I'll just mention Shadow of the Colossus. That game forces you to have to take down these uh, huge enemies that, yeah, you think you're the hero, but really has this whole... um, feeling of melancholy you start to notice how the enemies aren't attacking you and how you might actually be the monster and that is not th- that is communicated through gameplay it's communicated through the fact that it's interactive um so anyways all that to say is that i i, I do think there is something that Waterson is able to kind of touch on he he is like you said, a master of his medium, mm-hmm. um, and I think th- the medium itself is elevated because of what he was able to accomplish.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, y- you know, I'm I'm sort of of mixed feelings in in so many ways here because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to sound like a ranting fanboy, like, and he, yeah. he I would say that I would probably disagree with some of his stances like you know i there's like i said i sort of like to me there's a a part where like you could reasonably merchandise some of this and sort of make it a little more recognized or well-known or whatever but i think like the other side of this is that like in some ways because he never did that what we do have is is so much more precious and so Mm -hmm. there's like that weird twist where i'm just like i'm not it's not easy for me to settle on any one thing as far yeah. as like some of this stuff goes. Um yeah, it's it's hard it's it's hard for me to talk about this because like I said it is sort of there's so much like that's unqualitative and there's just so much stuff that he does like that I'm looking I'm I'm just sort of like I have the the book open as I'm flipping through mm-hmm. and I love I I honestly I think my favorite part about this collection is like the the one-offs that he did for um just like for any of his collections he would do like one-off art like he would yeah. he would do just like single panels that were just like um and I didn't know this but I think like I didn't know this but I think for most of it he used brush for almost everything like he hmm. he illustrated oh, wow. with a brush um and so uh but i just i mean i love like i i love just flipping through this and um i don't know like it it's just like so and this one might be like a little some some people might consider this blas- blasphemous but there's the there's a a sunday panel is first there was nothing then there was calvin mm-hmm. calvin the mighty god you know creates the universe and mother nothingness comes swirling for him and it he's playing with tinker toys like yeah yeah and it's like <laughs> um i know but then like you know that it that same like the panels, the the dailies that followed, is him complaining about tortellini and how like the one time, like you know, one of my one of my favorite dailies is actually it's it's early on, um, and I reread it, but it's like I, it's just such like a such, sort of like a, and again, it's that human moment sort of like captured, but it's like, you know, sort of like one of the gags is Calvin's reaction to his mother's cooking is just like completely. I don't know. Ridiculous. Like he just completely Mm -hmm. overreacts. Like acts like she's trying to feed him poison kind of stuff. And, uh, but you know, it's, it's, he's like, what are you making? And she's like, Oh, I'm making monkey, monkey brains or monkey heads. It's just like, I'm boiling monkey heads. He's like, what? She's like, like, because like the only way he's going to eat is if she just sort of like throws in the gross factor. She's making like stuffed peppers but it's like she's like, ah, oh, I gotta stew them a little bit longer so that they're soggy enough to eat. But like, you know, and of course, yeah. like he's just being a gross, weird little kid. And I, I, I don't know. Like it's any guy who can sort of like hit that stuff in the same breath, and it's still there's like, I don't know. And, and again, I read, I read this stuff, and I feel like the the biggest takeaway from just like going back through these these and, and again i've i've read these strips and it's it's been a few years at this point but um yeah i read these strips over and over and over again and i just i love these books and i, I love his work and so for me it's like you know the there, yes there there are some definitely like melancholy notes uh where it's like when when you sort of step back at there's a way to look at this and see like there's this very odd little kid who's sort of isolated to the, the point where his only companion is this stuffed tiger. And he sort of lives entirely too much in his own head. But then there's also sort of like, there there, there are notes of like hopefulness and gratitude mm-hmm. and joy and just kindness. Like, I think they mentioned in the book, they mentioned the raccoon dailies, yep. that, that raccoon arc. And, you know, whatever you know it's the strips are like 30 years old people so you know go read them i'm sure that it's yeah just go read like why why have you not done this already anyways (laughs) um but like it talks about the raccoon arcs and there's like you know calvin yes is typically like very mischievous he's sort of a rascal he's he's Mm -hmm. but like you get these moments where there's like a tenderness that you get to sort of see that is very touching. And because like Calvin is a very kind kid in a lot of ways too. Like, yes, mm-hmm. Susie Durkin's his, the the neighbor girl is sort of like the, you know, Calvin is the bane of her existence. But yeah. at the same yeah. time, um, you know, like there's a panel that I was reading just where his mom was sick. And he makes her a card and then he he goes up and he's just like, he's just sort of like in his own fumbling sort of way, he's trying to communicate, mom, you mean a lot to me. Like, I want you to get better. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's a very touching little three panel, four panel sort of like, you know, little strip. And, And then the raccoon strip like this, he finds a little sick raccoon and, you know, he wants to make it better. Like, and it's like, and and there's just a gentleness there and a, you know, but there's also, this is the same kid who, you know, will go squish worms (laughs) on the sidewalk, you know, after a rainstorm. So like, I don't know, there's, there's something, something magical in that, that I, I just really feel like. And again, it's like, you know, there are obvious areas where we would have to just sort of say, yeah, this this worldview that's sort of being espoused here, we need to, like, push back against it. But, man. Right. At the same time, like, uh, you, you know. Credit where credit's due. Yeah. It, for sure. This, this is masterwork level stuff, people. Like, and, you know, I know a lot of people do. A lot of people just don't read comics anymore the funny pages anymore period but like there there's so many like there was stuff that the guy in uh nevin mentioned like a bunch of different strips that i'm actually gonna check out but like i think about uh the guy who he mentioned the guy who wrote bones or bone and like that's that's a Mm -hmm. critically acclaimed graphic novel every time i go by in the bookstore i'm like i'm this is the day i'm gonna buy this thing and i never do um but um you know, but like they you know, even this guy is saying, like, no, Bill Watterson sort of had some influence and shaping in my life. And it's like it, there's so many comic strips and just like and, and a lot of that stuff's available online now. Like, you know, I yeah. print media is sort of like in a weird state, and so I don't really know where Sunday funnies are, but I don't know. I think like it's 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 something that in some ways too I I wonder if maybe his his sort of like his tenure or you know his his run with Calvin and Hobbes was sort of like the high water mark and in a way since like we've just never been able to like sort of hit that again like maybe that sort of was like the death knell of the funny pages in some way so maybe maybe that's just me being weird and sentimental and jaded.
1: I mean, I think, I think it's a combination. Like you said, it, it was a different era where that was more common, you know? Like, we have things like web comics now mm-hmm. <laughs> that are a lot more... I mean, and also just the convenience of things. You know, you can say the same thing about music where, like, there are a lot of diehard purists who, who are like, you know, back when music was on tape... That was that was the air, the height of music, you know, now music is so transient. It's so you know, a kid in his bedroom can make music, which to me is a great thing. yeah, that the barrier for entry is so low. But yeah also have to recognize that means that there's a lot more crap out there <laughs> that is more easily accessible because people don't know what they're doing. and that's okay. It's okay that you don't know what you're doing. um but it also means you have to kind of work harder. and it also means that, it's not valued as much because the, the barrier for entry is mm-hmm. so low. I mean, I th- I think there's, there's that as well. Like he came at the perfect time when, when comic strips were, you know, the, an actual, uh, something that people read, like yeah. a good, a good majority of the population of America was looking at that. So, you know, got newspapers and was actually reading that. So, I mean, maybe in one sense. Um, but I think, i think different artists have done different things i'm not an aficionado of comic strips but you know the the book that we both listen to um brings up kind of the different ways that other artists went like the different routes that they went in terms of like going more psychedelic or you know going in different kind of like gonzo comics and and things like that that were also uh that also did things did more than just the simple kind of comic strip gag um, that took the medium to, to different places. Um, So in a sense, I mean, it's a high watermark for what he was doing because he was a master at what he was doing. I don't think it necessarily means that nothing else has uh, attempted to elevate the medium, just not in the same way.
0: Yeah, I I mean I don't I don't like I said I just think in a lot of ways like there was just something I and there's there's a lot of stuff out there that I I know nothing about like which was yeah and it, like there there were a couple like uh there were a couple of the strips or whatever that I was like I'm gonna look these up just because like I'm right I'm like yeah I was kind of like but I, I I think it is a medium that just sort of like yeah its heyday has sort of passed. Uh, in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, and yeah, you, you're right. There, there are webtoons out there. There's so many things here. Like one of the things that I just like really, and I and and if I haven't just come out and said this, like the ethos of what I want to try to sort of challenge people with with this podcast and is like that pursuit of excellence. Like here's a man that in mm-hmm. some ways we can look at and say, like y- you know, th- this guy. I can't remember the quote per se, but he was basically like, he's like, man, there's so much more stuff gets thrown out and never makes it to the table. Yeah. That, that you just don't see because like, he was just very, like, he was only going to give you, I think he, he basically at at the end of his career said, I made this strip the only way I knew how, and I made, I wanted to make it the best. I wanted to make the best possible strip that I could make. And I've done that. Mm -hmm. He's like you know, he's like, I, I I did everything I did that I could do to to do that. And I'm I'm like in a lot of ways that that's the sort of like mentality that I think we we need to sort of embrace and celebrate. Where it's like, you know, he yeah. he left it out all all out on the field. He was like he's like, I I can't do any more with this. And so he just needed to walk away. And 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 you know, frankly, uh well, excuse me. I, I can sort of respect that. I mean, like, it, yeah. like there's a part of me as a fan that's like, oh yeah, I want more. But at the same time, at that point in time, yeah, he makes a comment. He's like, you know, I think he he made a comment about how like, you know, if I kept doing this, you would all be cursing me. <laughs> and I think he right. was right. And, but I, it's like, at the same time, there's that sort of, I think in some ways we need to sort of rejoice at the accessibility for some of this stuff and really see sort of be keeping an eye out for that new talent and, and understanding that there's going to be a lot of crap out there just in, as a general ethos. I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. anything in specific, like we need to be open to a lot of things, but I think in a lot of ways too, like we need to be willing to sort of in some ways be gatekeepers. So, the way that I'm sort of, mm-hmm. like in, in some ways like we need to sort of almost cultivate a, a healthy snobbery like okay the, the way that I'm thinking about it is okay so you start playing double dragon neon played it for a few mm-hmm. hours and you're like this is just not very good I'm not gonna waste my time like I think it's like sort of in, in like you were open to it you're like hey this seems like something I might enjoy like let's give it a go and then you but there's also like a level of expectation a level of like you know, sanctified snobbery almost to say this isn't good enough. Like, and that and yeah. that's sort of one of the things. Like, the reason I I felt comfortable and sort of like one, I I love this this material and I, I love I love his work. And I and I just when Micah pitched it, I was like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um yeah you know, but like I think like the, because while it's not video game related per se I think it does sort of like mm. a lot of just his his material does sort of tackle or sort of attempt to wrestle with that pursuit of excellence that I, yeah. I want to cultivate like the, the the like you know I'm reading I I read these and in some ways and again this is not to, like Scripture is sufficient, so Scripture challenges me and, and shapes me and molds me. But I read this mm-hmm. and it makes me sort of like want to be better. It's sort yeah, of it's a it's, sure. it's a common grace sort of like. No, like I, I like I'm I'm reading this and it's like this is something that I think like it's very easy to just consume things, but I think like the covenant hub works sort of really push back. Like they, they do, so they they are provocative in the best possible sense of the the word.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, th- I'm going to give two sides of the coin here as well because I I know like uh, everything that I've said is largely positive because I think uh, f- again from my limited experience with Calvin and Hobbes, it does. I mean, I I do think it's it's a fantastic work. um th- all, all together. Um, but I have been very positive. And again, you may, if you're not familiar with Calvin and Hobbes, the listener, you may uh, go and go check it out and be slightly underwhelmed. Um, I just wanted to temper it and say, I'm not saying that everything, the, every time Watterson puts his pen to paper that it's going to be fantastic. I do think there's always going to be something to appreciate um, whether it is the art, just the art itself, just the way that he draws things is great. Again, I keep coming back to the expressions, um, mm-hmm. because even though there are some uh, elements that he he uses that are cartoony, obviously it is a cartoon. Um, it always feels grounded; like he never distorts things so far that it feels surreal. Like it always feels grounded in reality, um, and and yeah, his it just his just the way that he draws is fantastic. So there's always that to appreciate. Um, that said, yeah, I don't think he knocks it out of the park with every single strip. Um, and case in point, I think there are times, like you mentioned, Nate, that he does attempt to say something that I would disagree with. You know, just based on his worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one strip in particular that I saw where, um, it was, I think it was Calvin. It it turns out that it was Calvin giving a, uh, uh, giving like a a presentation in front of the class, but it was basically this guy at work. He goes over to, um, someone else in his cubicle and he's talking with people and then he gets shot and then these deer come in. And these anthropomorphic deer come by and they're like, oh, look at this one, look at how big this one, I'm going to mount him on my wall, something like that. Turns out it's just Calvin kind of talking to his class about like, basically about hunting. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty on the nose. Okay, Watterson doesn't like people shooting deer, um, but deer aren't people. Like, yeah, I get what he's trying to say. Is like, oh, if the roles were reversed, then you then this is a really terrible thing to do. Yeah, but deer aren't people. Like, as a Christian, the Imago Dei, like the dignity of humanity, far surpasses that of a deer. And and while you know, I get, I can respect that people have different um, points of view. That one kind of falls flat in a logical sense, if that makes sense. So I'm just trying to say he doesn't always hit it out of the park. I've been very um positive because i think by and large his stuff is fantastic but there are some things that that you are going to disagree with and then the flip side to that coin just to heap a little bit more praise on him something that the book pointed out and then like i began noticing it and i'm like wow that's actually really amazing is the difference? so in that comic the dead bird um comic where he uses the line drawing for the bird and it looks strikingly different um Calvin's imagination looks strikingly different and more detailed um and and it communicates this sense in which the world that he has created for himself that he lives in is more vivid and real to him than the mundanity of you know waking up and going to class and eating cereal and things like that and i think the way that waterson again uses the medium to communicate that is, is awesome because he can create this world, this fantastical, fantastical world um, that Calvin is imagining and use the, the style in which he draws in order to, to communicate the fact that it is more real to him. There's more detail in this world of his own creation. I, I think that's just another way that Watterson shows his uh, artistic prowess.
0: Yeah, I mean... I I think like for somebody just sort of getting into, it, I would recommend just checking like go to a public library, and that's where you found the ones. Yes, that, yeah. So go to a public yeah. library; they'll probably have them. These things were uh, the book said it was the heaviest thing to ever show up on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's a. I think they run them in a four-volume set now. Um, oh really? I think there was a reprinting and they're sold in four volumes Anyway, but like the three volumes they're it's massive it's it weighs yeah. like twenty odd pounds with all three of them um it, it's, yeah but and just understand that there is a progression too because like his early stuff like he it's the same way that like he drew this strip for ten years. And so it just becomes more like his. He grows. He just becomes more finessed. Like just like he he's growing in craft in 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 a yeah. lot of ways. And it just I think it just gets sharper looking and better looking. And he he sort of like he just ten years of just like sort of taking out the weak spots and making the jokes like punch a little bit better. Yeah, and he definitely has yeah. some like eco warrior sort of tendencies um, mm-hmm. that are kind of like meh. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely stuff where you're just going to look at it and it falls flat. But I just think like in the book uh, by, by Nevin, he talks about how there's that four panel. It's one, of, I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing that it's, it's a gag. It's a gag. It's a gag panel and sort of that mm. it's a joke, but it's like such it's, it's like one of those like ironic sort of like it's got some bite to it. It's a, anyways, but it's it's a four panel and it's just the same illustration of Calvin in each one of the four panels and he's he's just like a talking head talking to Hobbes and he's just yeah. talking about how like so many so many of these funny paper panels are just like it's just like they reuse images and it's just like this smarmy <laughs> sort of like and and I'm look I'm so looking forward to that because now it's like I'm like oh like I probably would have gotten that joke as a kid but now it's going to really like as, as an adult, it's really going to resonate the sort of like the, the jab that he was taking there where it's Mm -hmm. like, and, and so, I mean, I don't know. I just, I really uh, listen this, like if, if it's between reading this and reading your Bible, go read your Bible, obviously (laughs) Um, that's not even a contest, but I think like, there is something about, like, there's something to this man's work that I think mm-hmm. sh- should be examined by uh,
1: people. So, what would you say um, reading this versus playing
0: Shadow of the Colossus? Uh, do both. <laughs> 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 Why choose? Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I, I we live in a world
1: where both are readily available. Yeah, go for I, it.
0: You can <laughs> you can do both of those things uh, with few problems. Uh, so <laughs> no, I I mean, I I think they're sort of like kindred spirits. They're they're a bit of like masterworks, and they sort of I I think it like the 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 interesting point that you made, and it's just something I've been and thinking on, and I don't have anything really to add to it, but it's like. In a lot of ways, like and I and I've sort of said this before about Shadow, but Shadow is a game that sort of it came and because it came and it was what it was and people experienced it, like it elevated the craft. It elevated the medium. There like as as sort of like the jaded Shadow of the Colossus fan, like it's there are so many games, good games that are out now that like I can see like the through lines I can see where like no, this is like this is where Shadow influenced these this this maybe not these developers directly, but just like that I can see like the ideas and some of the 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 outworkings of what he was doing with that game in so many other games, and just like in in a lot of ways like that game sort of changed the tide the, you know it, mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if that's the right term and 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 so like in a lot of ways i look at covenant Hobbs in in a very similar way it's like it's sort of like it comes and it's sort of because because it existed because it, it was sort of introduced to these environments now the trajectory is different yeah so yeah a dig it man well i think
1: i think that's about all that i have on calvin and Hobbes. i could
0: i could i could just read it out loud and talk about all the mm-hmm. things i like um but that's a little insane and uh, <laughs> that really doesn't uh, doesn't get the necessary effect um but i i just i i do like i have to sort of like i am a fanboy here like no doubt about mm-hmm. it like my my heart is on my sleeve here like this this thing is is good and precious and i love it and uh i want other people to like it not because i like <laughs> it but because i think it's good and worthwhile um so this yeah go read calvin and hobbs because it's awesome because do it yeah it's yeah um but and and just like just like it just like a video game enjoy it responsibly <laughs> yes discerningly like you know don't uh in our binge culture it's very tempting to like sort of want to look at these things and just like consume and consume and consume and consume and i'm saying okay or you can sort of space it out and let it sit a little bit and let it resonate you know i think I'll, i'll i'll be honest i think one of the things that's been helpful too is like calvin and Hobbes is helping me to slow down a little bit and so in a right. sense that slowing down that this is sort of like reintroducing into my life in some ways is helping me to appreciate my time in the word a little bit more. It's helping me to make better use of that. So like the, like yeah. the, the, the idea it's like, like stop, like pump the brakes, cool your jets, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, like, you know, and, and, so that's just something that like I'm 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 grateful for in this moment that That's awesome. Um it seems like that's the the, the Lord is using that to sort of like you know slow me down a little bit, which is good because I need it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, dude. That's cool. So. Yeah. But I think we've yeah, sort of we've beat this one up and uh <laughs> you know, I I just I'm glad that um you've you've been exposed to this and uh yeah i i I mean i really do like this is something that like if megan and i ever decide to foster again or if we are able to have our own children or whatever like i i want them to read these books Mm -hmm. like because i'm like these are good like and they will i i in a lot of ways i look at these as sort of like the same way i'd want my kids to read the chronicles of narnia or mm-hmm. the fellowship of the ring or you know like or that i'd want them to play super mario brothers 3 it's like they're like these high yeah. watermark things where i'm like no like this is this is a good thing and and in some ways the world as we know it is a little bit better of a place because these things exist yeah without getting yeah, man. too weird you know
1: right right yeah, I don't think you have to apologize. I agree.
0: Well, Josh, so I know man, oh, man. I, it, we didn't talk about video games a, a whole, whole lot. I mean, we did, but we also didn't. So, but, <laughs> uh, you know, our, our, you know, I, I just want to thank, you know, and I, I sort of, I, I gave him a shout out in the Discord, but like, you know, Micah was sort of the prompting behind this, and his Mm-hmm. But then too, like, you know, we are able to do things like this because of our, our patrons. And uh, yeah. you know, I just uh if yeah, you know, I just I guess I want to take a second and and plug our Patreon. I don't want to be super preachy with this. There's sort of like I'm trying to find this weird space like where I'm not like throwing this at people. But if you like episodes like this and you would like us to see or would you would like to see, man, I'm mm, talking so good. If you would like <laughs> to see us do more stuff like this from time to time, the best way to make things like this happen is to to hang out with us on patreon and and there are mm-hmm. there are um there are benefits to doing that. Like I just recently um ran a poll. Uh, so I'm going to be because our backlog buster for November, December was rpgs and mm-hmm. i'm doing no single player in november so that leaves december open i threw up like five or six different options for the for the guys in the 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 patreon for them to vote on for games for me to play and uh they they picked something for me it was not what you wanted them to pick but they picked something for me and that's okay so that's okay that's just because i'm a fanboy of what I chose well and and your game is definitely like it's 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 coming up on the list like I'm 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 looking at next year and I was like I really wanted to like do what Wesley is doing and just run through Dragon Quest 11 on the handheld and PS4 and I'm just like yeah I I don't know I don't know if I (laughs) can I don't know if I can do that and play Octopath and do all the other things I'm going to try and do next year and it's like wow Just I'll take it one step at a time. But so you get to do stuff like that, and you you know as as a patron, you offer you get to help really shape the podcast. So you get access 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 to exclusive content, all sorts of good stuff. So think about it. It's you know, anyways. Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, if uh, what I'd say too is that we we take. All of the feedback that we get into account. So like, don't feel like you're not heard if you're not a patron. That's not true. Like we definitely want to hear from anyone who listens to us and, uh, and try and make this better. That said, uh, we do have, I'm, I've been surprised. We have considerably more interaction with our patrons than we do with anyone else. And so their voice is certainly louder. Now maybe it's just because our patrons are just awesome dudes <laughs> <This is laughs> and true. they have lots of input um, because like, yes, Micah helped us the, shape this episode, but Wes has given us so many ideas for episodes. It's awesome. Yeah. Like we could, you know, like do the next three years of the podcast solely based on his recommendations. Uh, for he, episodes. He dumped so, like
0: a, it was probably like 20 suggestions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And everyone, I'm just like, Oh, that's such a great idea! Oh man, that would be good. Yeah, let's. So, um, so yeah. But our our patrons are awesome. Um, and we do, like I said, I've been surprised just with how much we interact in our Discord. Um, because we just yeah just hang out, mm-hmm. talk all the time. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great option. We do have just our our regular Discord as well, and we we interact in there as well. It just doesn't have as much going on in there. Um, surprisingly, so. Uh, there are tons of ways that you can reach out to us um, because we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we've got on Twitter, our handle is at BBdowncast. You can email us directly, the backlogbreakdown at gmail.com, and then we have uh, Facebook.com/the Backlog Book Club, as well as our own particular page for the website, which is uh, Facebook.com/the Backlog Breakdown. Yeah. So much stuff.
0: It's it's true. It's too easy to get a hold of us, um, but they I can see. also, in addition to the like the podcast, Twitter tweet. Man, I'm just my brain. <laughs> my brain went explodey. Um <laughs> But uh, they can also reach us individually uh, via That's Twitter true. and some of the other social network platforms. Uh, Josh, you are Barackalope. That's B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E. And I, as usual, because I am super boring, and that is my on-brand thing, I am Nate underscore McKeever. So... Uh, yeah,
1: if you want to become friends on PSN, now that I have a PS4,
0: yeah, <laughs> I'm on the internet yeah. too. Um, yeah, but I think, Josh... last. Well you got something. Actually, okay, never mind. last
1: thing, sorry to keep us even mm. longer, is just the giveaway yes. that we have going on right now. Um so we had announced we had mentioned it on the um on the previous episode that I wasn't a part of. Um but it is live. It goes until December twentieth. So we're giving away a twenty five dollar gift card to whatever storefront you want it at. Um all you have to do is you have to find our original post on social media, both on Twitter or on Facebook, whichever you prefer, and share that post that talks about this giveaway. And then send us your top 10 games of all time. So we're trying to compile a list of the, the best games of all time. And we would love to have your input to learn what your favorite games are so they can make it on our list. Um, and we're going to go through and whittle it all down and have a good time. Uh, just talking about what we think the final list should be. I think we're going to go with top 50. I think so. Uh, well, Possibly yeah. top 100. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but if you want to join in with that, we'd love your input. We'd love for you to share the podcast with your friends and you can get 25 bucks out of it if you uh, if you join us in that. So uh, we got that going on and we'd love your input.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I almost I almost forgot about that. So that's,
1: I forgot about it on my bite-sized episode. I was kicking myself. I was like, "Why did I not say it?" Anyways, ah, so. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you're just you're just one man. You're just one man, Josh. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think we have sort of done all the things that we needed to. It is yeah. We are, I think, winding down. So, Josh, what should they do? Well, you guys.
1: Keep beating down your backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.
0: Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you later. Later.